Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. I want to just reiterate what uh, Doug said in the announcement. The story of the motorcycle wreck is on the front page of our website. Share it with everyone you know. It's been amazing the messages, the texts, the calls, the emails I've been getting after sharing that last Sunday. And I know that when people hear we serve a merciful God, a God who is able, it's going to encourage them and enable them to move forward. Now, listen to me. I don't want in any way, shape, or form try to say that someone who didn't survive a wreck didn't know the mercy of God. You see, I believe it's appointed unto all of us once to die. I'm not going to expire before my expiration date comes up. So for that reason, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live in uncertainty. I'm going to live in the fullness, the power of a living God and do what he asked me to do when he asked me to do it, regardless if there's risk or danger. That's the way every believer should live. You know, since last week, I've got a couple of good friends that really wanted to take care of me. They totaled my motorcycle. And so Kareem Young, he uh, sent me a picture of one I could get. Would you pop that first picture up, please? Once you see it, you'll see why I was highly, <laughs> highly offended. And then Melissa Kugel, not to be outdone, sent me this next one. And it's on three wheels. That's never going to happen. Someone said to me, you can buy a track. Now, when I can't ride two wheels, I hang it up. Amen? Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Just wanted to have a little fun with you. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2 this morning. I'm continuing a message that I actually began in the middle of September entitled, This Is That. We're talking about what Peter declared on the day of Pentecost. When those in Jerusalem thought that the 120 must be drunk or out of their mind, and Peter stood to refute that, and he said, no. This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And he began to quote Joel chapter 2. And as we walk through these messages, God has done some great things in us, signs and wonders and miracles. So this morning, I want to turn your attention to Peter's message in verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, and we'll get there in just a moment. As we're turning, I'm reminded of the story of the pastor always started off each service with the praise, the Lord be with you, the congregation would respond, and with you also. And one Sunday morning, there was a problem with the sound system, and he said, there is a problem with this microphone, and the congregation responded, and with you also. <laughs> Listen, when we think about why we don't see signs and wonders, why miracles aren't occurring in our midst, let me tell you, the culprit stands behind the pulpit. It's the leadership that we have embraced, the leadership that we've accepted, that minimizes the word of the living God. Preachers are at fault. Matter of fact, we can go even further and say that in our seminaries today, they're not preaching and teaching and helping students to understand the whole counsel of God. Rather, we're saying the word of God is not infallible, is not accurate doesn't apply in this day and time. You can take your truth where you find it rather than believing the Word of God is that source of absolute truth. They're saying that miracles, signs, wonder died with the apostles. They're saying at best it died, those things died with the canonization of Scripture in AD 397. 
You see, they are teaching young men and women not to be pastors filled with the fire of God who will say as Ezekiel, it's as a fire shut up in my bones and I cannot be silent, but they're teaching them to be proper, acceptable, political, correct, teaching them to be politicians rather than preachers. And I'm going to say this as strong as I've ever said anything. A true preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ has one calling, and that's to take the message of Jesus to the entire world, and there's no room for him to be a politician. Somebody's going to watch that and hear that and disagree with me. I'm sorry, you're wrong. That's all I can say. You're wrong. I'm sorry. So look at what Peter said in this sermon in Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. A man proven to you by God, by the wonders, the miracles, the signs that were performed through his hand by the power of God. When I read that scripture, then I have to recognize that Jesus told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. The word for power is dunamis in the Greek. The word for miracles in our text this morning is the same Greek word, power. Matter of fact, when you really study that word, it means explosive power, life-changing power. Power that changes and power that transforms. My friend, I've come to tell you today, Acts 1.8 is still true for you and I. Well, how can you say that? Because when Peter concluded this ser sermon in verse 32, he said, This promise is to you, to your children, to all them that are afar off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, are you in that definition anywhere? Does that fit you? See, I've come to tell you this morning, miracles, signs, and wonders were not canceled when John the Apostle died. Miracles, signs, and wonders did not cease when the canonization of Scripture occurred. But rather, God is looking for a people who will be full of the Holy Ghost, who will say, we believe 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 are still true today. There is still the gift of faith. There is still the gift of working of miracles. There is still the gift of healing. We believe our God is still a miracle-working God. If you don't believe it, look at me. I couldn't have done that an hour ago. I could barely breathe. I serve a miracle-working God. And if you don't believe in the miracles being for today, then probably in the wrong place. Oh, we're going to pray before this service ends that God touches you and changes your heart and redirects your theology to biblical principles and truth. Jesus said that his personal ministry should be carried out through the church. The same things he did, his church would do also. He said, as the Father sends me, so send I you, in John 20, 21. And he linked the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the kingdom of God, with signs and wonders and miracles. He said it in Mark chapter 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. And he wanted to talk about the mighty, powerful works that would occur. 
He said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Then will the end come. See, I believe in order to see signs and wonders and miracles in our lives and in our churches today, hang on, we have got to preach the gospel the very same way Jesus did. We've got to preach the gospel the very same way the apostles did. They were not influenced by culture. They weren't influenced by politics. They weren't influenced by religion. They preached the word of God and let the chips fall where they may. God's looking for men and women to stand in the pulpit again today and preach the word of God. Jesus even said in John chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, He who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. Anything you ask in my name, that will I do. Jesus said, when the message of the kingdom is preached, the sick are going to be healed, the blind are going to see, the lame are going to walk, disease is going to flee, demons will be cast out, the dead will be raised. Oh, come on, somebody. The expiration date is not on that promise. It never expired. It never went away. It's for you and I today. And if we will step into an arena of faith where we lose ourselves and we're covered in Him, where we say, put me on like a coat and wear me, when we say, anoint me, break every chain off of my life, remove every fear, take me to a new level in you, then I've come to tell you, miracles, signs, and wonders will begin happening in your life. Love the line of that song. Come on, soul. Don't get shy on me. Well, I've come to tell somebody today, it's time to break that off your life. That is not an excuse for not telling somebody about Jesus. So I don't have a story. And tell my story. Watch it again. Listen to it. Get it down pat. Tell it to everybody you need. I told several people this week. They said, go to all nations, Tallahassee. Listen to it one more time. Hear what God has done and realize we serve a merciful God. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I had to go back to Harley again this week to take my keys to him because they totaled the bike and I was talking to a couple of different people, started telling them the story, and you can see their eyes get big. You're talking about miracles. Yeah, I am. And there's one gal, I won't call her name. She's been there ever since I've been doing business with them. I never sensed a bit of God in her that whole time. But when I began talking to her about the mercy of God and what God had done, when I began telling her how he took that leg that was broken and he put it back together without surgery and I walked out not on crutches, not in a wheelchair, but on my two legs, her eyes got big and she said, yeah, that's nothing but God. Oh, come on, folks, I'm telling you, when you talk about the miracles of God, people identify with that. It resonates with them. Our world is looking for a God who is not some Weak need, doodamp eyes, bambi hair Jesus. They're looking for the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
They're looking for a God that's powerful and mighty and able. Why do we keep that from them? So what if somebody laughs at you? Shake it off and go on. Find somebody who wants to listen and tell them of the works of God. We've got to preach the message just like the apostles did. And signs, wonders, and miracles should accompany that preaching. Acts chapter 4. Peter and John, for the first time, were in prison because they were preaching the message of the gospel. You remember 3, Acts 3. The lame man was healed. Peter again preached the gospel. Then the religious folks heard, out about, heard about it. And they threw him in jail for the night because they didn't want to disrupt their evening talking to these guys. Brought him out the next morning and told them, we're going to warn you sternly, don't preach in Jesus' name anymore. You think they did it? No, matter of fact, you can read Acts 4, 29 through 31. They went back to the friends. They went back to the church. And they said, Lord, look on their threats. This was their prayer. And grant your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. Before this service ends today, some of you are going to be filled with boldness. You've been timid. You've been shy. You've backed away. But I'm telling you, before this service ends, you're going to be filled with boldness today. He said, grant to your servants without boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand, listen to this, to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. So we need to come to the place where we preach it like Peter and John preached it. Where we preach it like the apostles preached it. See, I believe beyond a shadow of doubt the expiration date has not come to pass on signs and wonders and miracles. I believe that what he promised, he is able also to perform. I believe that the God who started a good work in you is going to carry it out. I believe that his promises to you and I are still yes and amen in Christ Jesus. If Jesus really is the same, yesterday, today, and forever, as Hebrews tells us, then we must believe that the gifts are for today. We must believe Holy Spirit wants to fill us and flow through us. We must believe that miracles, signs, and wonders are not passed away. They're not gone, but they're here today to stay till the coming of Jesus Christ. Why do we believe in miracles, signs, and wonders? Why do we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders? Because number one, they validate the message of salvation. They open the door and remove roadblocks in people's hearts and minds. It causes them to reconsider who Jesus really is when they see his power. I've seen this all over the world for years. That when God shows up in a powerful way, People are drawn to the power. They're drawn to his presence. They recognize many for the very first time that their life can be revolutionized by this same God. They can be forgiven and cleansed and transformed. Their destiny can move from heaven their ad or from hell. Their address can change to heaven and their life can be forever changed. His name was Mike. He was a Mormon, had been all of his life. But the night he walked into that little Pentecostal church in southern Kansas, 
the power of God fell. And the guy that said, I will never convert from Mormonism, ran down that aisle with tears running from his cheeks, a big, hardened railroader, tough and mean, and God touched him, forgave him, and transformed him because he saw the works of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, my friend, I'm telling you, if you will move out, if you will say, God, I'm going to put myself in the place where you can do what you want to do through me. Lord, I want to listen to your voice every single day. And when there's somebody in front of me that needs to hear about you, I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to tell them the marvelous story. And then I'm going to believe that miracles, signs and wonders will confirm the preaching of your word. Genesis number two, the reason we need miracle signs and wonders is because it, they illustrate the presence and the power of God. And number three, it shows people that the word we're preaching is the same word that Peter, James, and John preached. The same Jesus that showed up in the New Testament pages is showing up in our lives today. Genesis through Revelation, miracles are common occurrences. Common occurrences. So why don't we see them today? Here's where the rubber meets the road. Write it down, four things. By the way, the notes are on the app. You can read through the whole outline. Four things I'm giving you very quickly today. Four reasons we don't see miracle signs and wonders in the church today. Even though we claim to be full gospel and Pentecostal, we kind of stop just short of crossing the threshold. You know, I can remember back when the Pentecostal church was on the other side of the tracks and nobody going to that church cared a lick about what anybody thought about them. And the power of God showed up. Azusa Street was not in a cathedral. It was in a run-down shack on the wrong side of town. But it was there God showed up. We need to come to the place where we are not so consumed with our buildings, with our lights, with our sound, with our music, with all the things we do that we call church, that we forget the most important thing is the presence and the power of the Most High God falling in our midst. Four things. Number one, we don't see miracle signs and wonders because of our unbelief. Read the story in the book, book of Mark chapter 6. Jesus was in his hometown of Nazareth. He'd already been doing great things across Galilee and Capernaum. Miracles had occurred. Blind eyes had opened. Demons possessed had been set free. But he goes home. And when he went home, he went to the synagogue. He took the scroll of Isaiah and he began to read. And when he had finished, he said, this day is fulfilled in your ears. Do you know what they said? Wait a minute. Isn't that Joseph's son? Didn't we watch him grow up? Where did he learn to speak so well? Where did he learn to handle the scriptures so well? And then he says, because of your unbelief, I'm unable to do any great thing among you. Listen, I'm reading somebody's mail right now. You may be in this room, you may be online, you may be watching this broadcast in the future, but I'm telling you, you have long held the belief that this thing was no longer true. That's unbelief. That's unbelief. And unbelief doesn't please the heart of God, it grieves the heart of God. 
The only thing that pleases the heart of God is when we come to Him in simple faith believing. When we take His Word as true. When we say, Jesus said it, He promised it, He showed it in the lives of the apostles. What happened in the New Testament church should happen in my church, and I'm not going to be happy until it does. God break that spirit of unbelief off of people today because it's straight from the pit of hell. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Number two is self-sufficiency. We just flat don't need God anymore. We live in a Western society where all of our needs are met. If I'm sick, I go to the doctor and they fix me. And you all know. I am not knocking doctors. I believe in them. I love them. I appreciate them. They've done good things for me, and my doctor does great things for me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we have forgotten because we are self-sufficient that there is still a miracle-working God who can step into the middle of our circumstances and situations and turn them around, turn them upside down. I should have died on October the 27th when that motorcycle hit the concrete barrier between the east and westbound lanes of I-10 at 80 miles an hour. But I didn't because I still serve a miracle-working God because my day had not come. He has a plan for me. He wanted me to step up today and tell you miracles and signs and wonders are working and happening in his church today. You don't believe it? Take a look at me. I should be dead. Jarvis Bedford knows I should be dead. Almost 30 years of working that highway with the fire department, no one survives those wrecks. I should be dead, but I serve a miracle-working God. who chose to preserve my life and bring healing into my broken body. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says it this way, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Would you read that last statement aloud and make it personal? My sufficiency is from God. Oh, come on, shout it out. Let the world hear you. My sufficiency is from God. My sufficiency is from God. John wrote in John 15, verse 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me, I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. Listen to the last part, Jesus' words. But apart from me, you can do nothing. We think we got this church thing figured out. We think we understand how to do it. Matter of fact, let's, let's get it so polished and so refined that we can have people in the seats and they're given offering, they hear a message and they're out the door in an hour. Come on, let's, let's work this plan. Let's make it happen. Let's be sinker sensitive so that no matter who or what comes in, they're okay. Let's play secular music before our service. Do a little Michael Jackson before it's happening all across the city. Come on, let's secularize the sacred so that men will be drawn. Listen, friend, you can build a crowd, and I can build a crowd. I told you that nine years ago when I came. I know how to build a crowd, but I'm not interested in doing that. I want Jesus to build his church, and that's a whole other animal. 
It's not hard to promote, to do advertising and publicity and fill this place up. But I'm not interested in simply having, you're not going to like it, I'm going to say it anyway, it's Oklahoma coming out in me. I'm not just interested in butts in the seats, I'm interested in the power of the living God touching hearts and lives, and that only occurs when the Holy Spirit is here. Number three, it's our pride. Our pride keeps us from seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. Romans 12, 3 says, For the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Can I just stop you? That's a problem with a lot of our preachers. We see a little success, get a little notoriety. That old demon from hell called fame begins rolling in their hearts and minds. And before you know it, they're more interested in how many are listening, how many are watching, than they are in delivering the message of the Word of God that has the power to change lives. Oh, come on, somebody. We should never think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Pride is our enemy. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned him. James 4, 6 he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise and skillful person glory and boast in his wisdom and skill. Let not the mighty and the powerful person boast in his strength and power. Let not the person who is rich in physical gratification and earthly wealth, is what the Amplified says, glory and boast in his temporal satisfactions and earthly riches. Verse 24. But let him who glories in glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me personally, practically, directly, discerning, recognize my character that I am the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't think more of yourself than you should. Don't because I am rich and increased with goods, it's going to be okay. Don't think because I'm educated. I have a doctorate that's going to get you into heaven. No, five bucks and your doctorate will get you a small cup of coffee at Starbucks. By the way, let me tell you, you can get coffee a whole lot cheaper. Mine cost me about 30 cents a cup. And it's a whole lot better than Starbucks. Just saying. Not in the notes. Trying to encourage you. Quit supporting the heathen. Start supporting the kingdom of God. Love the way you're shouting now. Well, that boy just went from preaching to meddling. I'm telling you right now, don't you mess with my Starbucks. Yeah, God delivered me from that too. And he can do it for you as well. Pride. Number four, fear. Fear keeps us from seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. The first example I find of this powerful example of a whole crowd being overwhelmed with fear because of the presence of God is Exodus 20:18. Moses is on Mount Sinai. Presence of the Lord came down. Look, listen to it. All the people perceived the thunder, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking. And when they saw it, they trembled. This version says stood at a distance. Read it from the Hebrew. It says they ran away and stopped at a distance because they were afraid of the presence of God. Acts chapter 24, Paul is sharing his testimony actually preaching the gospel to a ruler named Festus. 
And when he gets to this part of his testimony, it says these words in verse 25 of Acts 24. He was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Felix became frightened and said, Go away for the present. I'll find a time to summon you later. See, here's the truth. When we begin to see miracles, signs, and wonders, some of us pull away. Because we're afraid of what that could do to us. How that could impact us. And we've got our life perfect in this little box and we really don't want God, God, God or anyone else messing with it. Just leave me alone. I've been amazed. And I want to thank every person who's been new here since this move of the Spirit broke out uh, in mid-September. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back. God will touch you. Thank all of you who were here before and you're still here. God will keep touching you. But I'm telling you, there's some folks that were here. They're not here anymore because they don't want God messing with their life. And anytime he shows up and miracles and signs and wonders begin to occur, they get uncomfortable because they know in the presence of God, all sin is going to be exposed. Their life is open. And so they run because you know what they want? They want church in that hour box that makes them feel good. They and check the box and go home. Don't change me. Don't transform me. Don't challenge me. Let me be religious. Fear keeps us from seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. And I've come to tell you, miracles, signs, and wonders are the result of a sovereign move of the Spirit of God. You cannot conjure, you don't believe me, read Acts chapter 8. It says Philip went to Samaria, preached the good news. The city was overjoyed. Then Peter and John came down. They prayed for all those new converts, and they received the Holy Ghost, and they began speaking in tongues. And there was a dude by the name of Simon, who was a sorcerer, who got saved when Philip preached. And when he saw Peter and John lay their hands on people, and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, he said to them, how much is it going to cost me to be able to get that gift? Because he knew if he had it, he could manipulate people and move on with what he had been doing. Oh, hear me, folks. We need to understand you cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit of God. He is holy. He is righteous. He is divine. He is supernatural. He is over all and in all and through all. And you try messing with him, you're going to feel his judgments. Throughout the world. Tom, would you come back? We're seeing unprecedented supernatural outpourings in response to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have one right here in our very own church. Her name is Shabna. Nick's standing back there with Miriam. I don't see Shabna right now, but she's here somewhere, sitting right back there. Stand up, Shabna. Shabna was born into a Muslim family in India. Nick was raised in a Christian family. And one day in her bedroom, Jesus met her. She never heard the gospel, no one spoke the gospel, no one preached the gospel, but she had a supernatural experience with a supernatural God, and in the midst of a Muslim family, she gave her heart to Him and has lived for Him every day since, and that is happening around the world. Oh, come on, church, quit minimizing what the Holy Spirit can do. Thank you, Shabna. You can be seated. We've got to understand that around the world, affirms the power in Jesus' name.
what he did for your grandma and your grandpa, what he did for your pastor and his wife, what he did for somebody else, he can do for you as well. His power is not limited. His arm is not shortened. His ear is not deafened, but rather he's looking for a people who will stand up and throw their hands in the air and say, let it be me, let it be me. Let it be me that miracles and signs and wonders occur in my life. Remember this. You might want to write this statement down. People are not yearning for a prophetic word. Pardon me, let me rephrase that. People are yearning for a prophetic word from God, not a pathetic word from man. And I've come to tell you this morning in this house, we will pray for the sick. We will anoint with oil. We will pray the prayer of faith in this house. We will cast out devils. In this house, we will operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In this house, the gift of faith will move. The gift of working of miracles will move. The gift of the working of healings will move. In this house, there will be words of wisdom and words of knowledge. In this house, there will be spiritual discernment. In this house, there will be tongues and the interpretation of tongues and prophecy of somebody. If you're willing to say, let it be me stand to your feet throw your feet in the air let it be me today today let it be me let it be me what do you need to operate in the gifts of miracles signs and wonders five things you need faith in God because faith in him makes all things possible number two you need to know the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ number three you need to understand the blood and the power of Jesus Christ number four you need to know the Word of God inside and out of number five you've got to fast and you've got to pray and when you put those five things together and when you stand and you say let it be me I got to get rid of this thing Yvonne driving me nuts when you say let it be me when you say let it be me when you say let it be me the spirit of the most high is going to fall on you right now if you want that experience in your life you want to be used in signs wonders and miracles you're the first to come i want you to step out right now and come now listen listen you're going to turn around and face the congregation let it be me turn around and face those folks you're not looking at me you're looking at them let it be me you know what i like i like these young people come on celine get right there with them we like these young people who are saying let it be me let it be me because that's that's our future that's revival let it be me let it be me let it be me let it be me signs wonders miracles moving in my life let it be me lord let it be me lord let it be me now hallelujah lord let it be me listen if you're in this line and there's a need in your life today i'm not praying for you oh i may stop by you never know whatever the spirit wants but I'm not intentionally going to pray for each one of you. But if there's a need in your life, you're gonna to turn to that person beside you 
and you're going to say this is your opportunity to move in miracles, signs, and wonders. And you're going to tell them your need. They're going to lay their hand on their, your shoulder and they're going to pray the prayer of faith over you. And the prayer of faith will meet you right where you're at and meet your need right now. If there's a need in your life, turn to that person beside you. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. This is how God's going to use you in this service today. And then once they pray for you, you're going to pray for them. You're going to say, God, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Let me Miracles, signs and wonders flow through their life. Set them on fire. Let them cry as Ezekiel is old. It's a fire. Shut up in my bones. And I cannot be silent. Holy Ghost of God, now fall and flow in this place. Fall and flow in this place. Whatever. Fall and flow in this place, Holy Ghost of God. Do your work in this house. Do your work in this house made it to the end of the message and now what is god leading you to make a change are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of christ then we invite you to join us at all nations church on sharer road in tallahassee a multicultural church founded on the truth of god's word and the power of the holy spirit our sunday morning service is at 10:30 and wednesday night service at 7 plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.